Welcome to the South Elkhorn Christian Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the weekly messages. For bulletin material, reflection guides, and other resources, visit southelkhorncc.org. Well, I want to invite you into the wilderness. Into the wilderness this very morning. And for the weeks of Lent that follow. See, the, le- the season of Lent stretches 40 days, not counting Sundays, between Ash Wednesday and the eve of Easter. The word Lent comes from an old English word that simply means the spring season. It's that transitional time, that transitional time from the depths of winter into the blossoming of spring through the crucible of February and March. And it's a transitional time for our spirits through the crucible of learning. Learning the importance and the way of vulnerability, of struggle, of doubt, of solitude and solidarity. To prepare ourselves for the glorious glorious transformation and enduring new life of Easter. In a way, Lent is an invitation to begin again. To begin again again. The sermon series this Lent, this uh, Lenten season, will take on that crucible. We'll explore the wilderness of vulnerability, the wilderness of struggle, the wilderness of doubt, the wilderness of solitude and solidarity, and together we can enter more deeply into the wilderness where Christ meets us, where transitions become transformations. This is why at the beginning of Lent, traditionally, traditionally on Ash Wednesday, and for this year at South Elkhorn, Ash Sunday, we mark ourselves with ashes. A rich symbol of so much, but not least, not least a symbol that is stark and stunning of the spiritual truth that always we can begin again. The meaning and symbolism of Lent from the custom of fasting uh, to the 40-day time period to the idea of preparation for the cross and for Easter, all that grows from a story at the beginning of the Gospels of Jesus entering the wilderness before launching his public ministry. And it's to that story that I want to invite you uh, to turn with me in Scripture this morning. But I want you to know, you need to know, we are reading the abbreviated version. Not because we're short on time, though we do try to keep the service to 30 to 35 minutes. No, our, our guest preacher from last week pointed out, Patrick Messer, insightfully noted that Mark is an author of few words. He leaves out lots of juicy details, juicy details that other Gospels fill in for us sometimes, and that's the case here. A lot of what we might know about Lent and the story of Jesus in the wilderness comes from the extended version of the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness depicted in Matthew and Luke's Gospel. But we're going to stick with the abbreviated version in Mark's Gospel this morning. And maybe that's what we need. Too many details, and this becomes a journey for Jesus alone, done long ago, that and, and perhaps this story simply becomes one that we can read and then move on from. It doesn't look like the wilderness we face. But with Mark, maybe there's just enough detail and maybe just maybe God's spirit can, can use those sparse details to spark our spiritual imagination. And we can let ourselves sense that the wilderness Jesus enters into draws us into the meaning and the depth of our wildernesses too. So let's read 
Mark chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 12 through 15. Mark 1, 12 through 15. I invite you to follow along with your hearts and minds as I read. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. Jesus has just been baptized. The heavens have broken open. The Spirit of God has descended like a dove upon him. And then the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, quick clarification. Did we ever leave the wilderness? Did we ever leave the wilderness? I mean, after all, it was during Lent one year ago that the pandemic hit. We were in the middle of a sermon series exploring the Enneagram as a tool of spiritual transformation, of spiritual understanding. We joined Jesus in the wilderness of uh, Matthew and Luke's version of this account, um, confronting the very same temptations that Jesus confronted, confronting them in ourselves, temptations to think of ourselves out of our unstable insecurities, temptations to earn our worth from the approval of others, temptations to prove our power over broken people, and it was then that we were plunged into a disorienting wilderness, the wilderness of COVID-19. The biblical motif of wilderness takes on many different meanings. One of those meanings is the idea that in the wilderness, things are different. People are more alone and isolated. The wilderness is where people wander and wonder as the Israelites did between Egypt and the promised land. And it's often where God shows up in surprising and life-changing ways. So what better metaphor for a worldwide pandemic? A disruptive, disorienting rupture which cut us off in unexpected ways from the human contact that we crave. An imposed wilderness of deprivation, of forced loneliness and wandering in uncertainty. It was this pandemic that disconnected us from our usual ways of worshiping, schooling, working, and so much more. And, when we, you know, we were given hints at how long this might last. But did any of us really know or believe it then that we'd be a full Lent later still going through this? wandering in uncertainty. We entered the wilderness of grief as loved ones grew sick and some died. We entered the wilderness of trying to figure out new technology to connect and then discovering the unshakable, unshakable reality of screen fatigue setting in. And we felt the weight time and again of so much loss and disconnection which is why some of my colleagues in ministry compassionately pointed out that Lent never ended last year. It's been one long Lent since March 2020 and that maybe, just maybe, with so much loss in our lives from so much for so long from this unending Lent, the last thing we need to do is Lent some more. The last thing we need to do is to feel like we must give something else up to be a good, observant Christian this Lenten season. You might know that during Lent, it is customary for Christians to fast like Jesus did according to the versions in Matthew and Luke's gospel to give something up so that we can connect to the story of Jesus, 
and perhaps like him, make space with a fast to focus our energies and our attention on the will and way of God. But we've already lost so much. People we love, trips and family gatherings we were looking forward to, sports season, school years, running into people at the grocery store and just having an informal conversation, catching up. The list gets long and heavy quickly. Do we really need to identify something else? Maybe something we like and enjoy and then give that up too? Do we really need to be forced by our religion to fast some more? This seems burdensome, even unbearable this year. Please, no more loss. So let me begin this morning with a word of grace. Lent is not meant to be a burdensome and depleting chore. It is not meant for you to show to God or to anyone else what kind of spiritual strength you have by simply enduring some kind of deprivation. The point of Lent is not about pain and loss or for you to create more of it in your life so you can then be loved. Now the God who meets us in Lent, who leads us in the spirit through the wilderness like Jesus before us, loves us already, so much so that God invites us to encounter and embrace that love in a way that brings us real and lasting life, real and lasting joy, real and lasting purpose, real and lasting community, real and lasting hope, real and lasting healing, the kind of real and lasting realities that perhaps only the wilderness can bring into clarity. The spiritual heart of Jesus' ministry is meant to set us free, not to plead us with more spiritual obligation. Do you remember what Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospels? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wasn't a spiritual exhibitionist. Indeed, in Mark's version, Jesus doesn't fast. He didn't go into the wilderness to prove something to us or to God. No, Jesus knew that life is already lived It's already lived in a kind of wilderness, one that we just don't often realize or recognize. And that to be fully and faithfully human, to fully welcome the calling and the conviction of God's vision for us and the whole created world, Jesus let the wilderness in. The wild, unpredictable, transitional, transformational, destabilizing, disorienting reality of God that is beyond our control. Jesus wanted to let the wilderness in, to trust the Spirit of God to lead through the wilderness and into every wilderness. Jesus entered the wilderness and emerged with clarity and conviction. You heard it in his words when he started preaching the gospel, the good news. He emerged with clarity and conviction from what he learned there in the wilderness so that he could step confidently into every wilderness he would encounter after those 40 days and grow wild himself with mercy grow wild with forgiveness, grow wild with justice, grow wild with hope, grow wild with resilience, grow wild with courage and with self-giving love. And the same for you and for me, for us. Lent is an invitation to let the wilderness in, not to destroy us, but to learn to trust the Spirit who will lead us through the wilderness and every wilderness and grow in us the wild way of mercy and love that God dreams for us. 
Life is already a wilderness. We know that. Full of transitions, heavy with sorrow and grief. It was a wilderness of sorts before COVID hit, and it will be a wilderness long after COVID is gone. And Lent invites us not to try to tame the wilderness, to contort the wilderness to our control, but instead to release ourselves from all the destructive ways that we cope with the wilderness, that we try to numb ourselves from the wilderness, that we try to escape and run away from the wilderness, that we try to overpower and rip up the wilderness. Yes, Lent invites us to release ourselves from that burden and learn the clarity and conviction of a wilder and more beautiful way. So I want to invite you to join Jesus in the wilderness. Maybe for the first time this Lent, if Lent is new to you, or once more if you've practiced Lent before, to choose perhaps maybe to fast, but not because you have to, but because God will transform you. You see, to give something up is also to take something on. It's a readiness to learn and to grow and to be transformed, to open yourself to a disruption in your life that allows you, that creates the space for you to learn and grow and maybe even be healed, maybe even help heal the world. So if you're looking to be a part of that and are looking for some help to get started, I want to remind you again of the resources on our church website about how you can choose some things to give up which are not meant to show off your spirituality or prove that you can control the uncontrollable, but simply to lead you in this wilder way of learning and transformation and new life. Not out to prove anything, but to become who God has called you to be. I hope you'll check those out. And I want to lift up that the reason we mark ourselves with ashes, as we'll do under McMahon Hall in just a few short minutes, The reason that we mark ourselves with ashes to begin Lent is because ashes are a rich symbol. They're a symbol of honesty. Honesty about the lives that we are struggling with under the weight of sin and the evil that surrounds us. Under the weight of brokenness and disappointment, grief and sorrow, we mark ourselves with ashes as a symbol of our humanity born from dust, formed by God from the dirt Dirt that breathes, God breathes, imparts God's own spirit into us according to Genesis 2. We mark ourselves with ashes because we trust that though we are finite and fragile creatures of dust, though we are carrying the weight of a great struggle with sin, evil, brokenness, grief, and sorrow, and suffering, still God chooses to breathe through us, through you, through me. Still God can make beautiful things out of the dust. Indeed, the ashes are not just ashes on our foreheads or our hands. The ashes are formed into a cross, a symbol turned upside down by the love, forgiveness, and healing of God in the person of Jesus. God can make beautiful things out of the dust. We mark ourselves with ashes because we don't have everything figured out, not about ourselves and surely not about the world. But that doesn't stop God from meeting us and loving us, teaching us, and growing us. 
With the ashes, we again trust no matter how hard it's been and how much shame we carry, no matter how many mistakes we've made or how disconnected we feel, no matter how young or how old, how hopeful or how cynical, ready or resistant because of all that we've experienced, when we step into the wilderness, we're letting it be what it is, wild and untamed, trusting the Spirit to lead us so that we can discover once more what these ashes are fully mean. Always. We can begin again. Thanks for listening to the message this week. Visit southelkorncc.org where you can download reflection and discussion guides to dig deeper into the weekly scripture and message. 